Welcome to the Purposeful Parenting Podcast. I'm Harriet Rowe, wife and mother of four adult children, three girls and one boy, all graduates of the United States Military Academy at West Point. Grab a cup of tea or coffee, get cozy, and take in your weekly dose of Purposeful Parenting. Here we go. Welcome to another episode of Purposeful Parenting. Parenting is a challenge regardless of your child's age. Whether you are the parent of a baby or a teenager or toddler, we can all agree that parenting is very, very challenging. It can be wonderful one day and you're feeling like the perfect parent, although we know those don't exist, and then very exhausting and and very overwhelming the next day. We're always thinking in terms of how we can go about changing our kids' behavior, but nobody can be changed. There is no way you can change your child. People will set out to marry someone thinking, oh, I can change them. It's never worked for that. And it has never worked with trying to change a child. At best, we can look at what we can do to change our behavior that will allow our child's behavior to be shaped differently. So let's take a look at what we need to do to become a more positive parent. The bottom line then is changing our thoughts and feelings about the things that we struggle with and the way we struggle with them. Remember, positivity is contagious. So although it may not seem like it, your child is a reflection more often than not of what your behavior may be towards him or her. And if it's not directly a reflection, your behavior can intensify your child's behavior. And we'll get a little more into that in a bit. So let's take a look at some things that can change your way of of responding to your child. Seven changes that you might want to make that can lead to a stronger and a more positive relationship with your child. Okay. The first thing is to think in terms of what's causing your child to respond or to act the way he or she is doing. Basically, what you're going to do is think in terms of changing the way you are looking at your child's behavior. Instead of responding directly to the fact that he or she is having a tantrum, Think about what may have caused that that tantrum. Is he or she trying to get your attention? Or is it a reaction to something that may have happened to him or her? Perhaps a sibling did something to your child that's causing them to react in a negative way. Now, I am not saying this is going to be easy because when you are busy and your child is throwing a temper tantrum, the last thing 
we usually think about doing is standing there thinking, hmm, now what could be bothering my child? But that's what we need to be doing. And half the time, sometimes we already know what may have caused it. But what you need to remember is that if you respond in a negative way, it will more often than not just increase your child's negative behavior. So the best thing to do is either ignore that behavior if you're in a position where you can. If you're at home and you see your child throwing a tantrum, you can easily keep an eye on him or her so that they don't hurt themselves where and not throw a tantrum yourself and getting angry at the child. Now, if you are out and about in a store and your child starts doing that, then what I would do, and it only took a couple of times, would be to lean over, whisper to my child that I'm going to take them to the bathroom and they know they did not have to use it. You see, I had done that once or twice and carried through with it. So when I got to the point where if they did something like that and I whispered that to them, they would stop immediately. So think in terms of making sure you are consistent with whatever that behavior is and the way you respond to it. But the bottom line is whatever you do, don't feed it. Don't feed it with negative behavior of your own by screaming, by hollering, by pointing, by embarrassing your child. Don't do that. Remember also that a lot of behavior that you consider bad and remember, and notice I said behavior that you consider bad, not your child. It's the behavior. More often than not, It's because we as adults don't think it's acceptable, but it may be absolutely appropriate for that child's development. He might be just acting developmentally accurate for him or her. So developmentally appropriate behavior may not be hurting your child or anyone else, but it could be causing you to stress out. But remember, the less you stress out about it, the better and the sooner it will end. So don't feed bad behavior. The next thing is that you might want to remember that kids are just kids and you may have to take your expectations down a notch and remember that they're still learning. If you have a toddler that's sitting at the table, you can't expect them to act like a teenager when he or she gets upset or something. Hey, for a toddler, it may be something like picking up bread and throwing it across at his sister, but you have to teach him or her the appropriate behavior. Teaching your children adult behaviors is something that you're going to have to do. And modeling is the one of the main reasons, ways to do it, I should say. But basically what I'm saying is keep your expectations in check. If a child hasn't learned to do something adult-like, 
then remember, they're going to have to learn that and you're going to have to teach them. An example of this is to know that some kids are very introverted and they are, are they have to learn how to talk to someone, how to talk to another adult. So don't expect them to go running out and having an adult conversation with someone or greeting someone the way an adult would. On one hand, this may sound like something that no adult would ever do. A parent would not expect their child to greet another adult, but you'd be surprised. Just open your ears and listen and see how many parents will reprimand their child because they did not respond to an adult in appropriate manner. And I don't mean being rude. I mean, for instance, not going up shaking an adult's hand. You can't expect a two, three-year-old to do that all the time. So lower your expectations. Teach your child and model the behavior for them. Another thing that's really important for us parents to remember is that not one phase that your child goes through will remain forever. It just doesn't. Remember when your your baby, when you first came home with the baby and you thought the nights would never end and the baby would never go to sleep and you longed for a straight eight hours, but you found yourself getting up every two hours to feed the child. But At the time, it looked like that phase was never going to end, but it did. It ended. Also, remember terrible twos. If you have a a child now that's a teenager and you stop to think about when they went through that terrible two stage and then you thought, oh my goodness, what about the trusting threes? Will they ever come? And before you knew it, they were out of that phase two. So remember, Colic will not last forever. The things your child is doing right now that you think is absolutely aggravating and driving you nuts, deal with it appropriately and remind yourself that this too shall pass. And stay alert though, because if there is something that has gone way beyond the developmental stage and that child stays in it for a long time, that's when you need to bring a professional in to see what's going on. So I'm not saying to ignore some of those things. You have to be on top of it and remember that you, the parent, are responsible for making sure the child goes through each one of these stages successfully and to the best of your ability. Another thing that you might want to remember to do is to share the responsibility. It's so easy, especially the emotional responsibility. It's so easy for moms, especially to share with the dad to having the dad change the diaper or dropping off the child somewhere to buy shoes or something like that. But when it comes to things that you're worried about, sometimes you keep them to yourselves. And you have to remember that there are two that you need to 
have someone that you can talk to. If a child is having problems at school, you don't have to take on that burden all by yourself. Share it. Have someone, have your, your partner, have your husband, have your, your mom, someone else so that you can have someone else to talk to and to help you through those things. Another way to remain positive with your child is to try to understand what he or she may be going through. Try to connect and you connect with your child by being a listener and you pay attention to what he or she is doing, what he or she is saying. And the way to know that you're doing this is to feed back what the child says to you, much like a counselor would do. Think about a counselor saying something like, so Johnny, you were at school and your best friend took something from you and you were surprised. And you know what? If you didn't tell that the right way, your child will let you know that that's not what he or she said. And not only that, but even if you got it wrong, your child know, will understand and know that you're listening to him or her. So make sure you are really listening to your child and, and do this on a daily basis. And it doesn't take that long. Just periodically sit down at, when it's just one on one and talk to your child. It may only be for a couple of minutes. You get to know him better or her better and you get to have your child understand you, believe it or not. So spend a little time with your child. Also, you want to make sure you're not controlling your child. You have probably heard and are aware of helicopter parents and or authoritative parents. These are parents that will spend the time hovering over their child and not letting loose of any of the rope, not making, letting the child make any decisions of his or her own. Now, once again, I'm not saying to let your child make all of the decisions. What I am saying is age appropriate help is what you should be doing. You want to encourage your child. You want to show them how to make good decisions. And you want to be modeling appropriate behaviors. But you cannot control your child. Even a little child will feel when they are being controlled. So you want to make sure you are leading your child and you're teaching them how to navigate through life. Helicopter parents do more harm than good, but by the same token, you have to pay attention and you have to help your child, but you have to do it in an age-appropriate way. You also want to see things through your child's eyes. A lot of times, parents will dismiss a child's feelings as, oh, you shouldn't feel that way, or oh, you shouldn't be upset, or oh, don't even pay any attention to that person. 
It goes right back to communicating and listening to your child. You do not want to do anything that makes your child feel little. And it's so easy to do that if you belittle his or her feelings. So you want to make sure you're doing things that will bring you closer to your child and let your child know that it's safe to tell you when he or she is sad. Also, remember, parents, your child will have a life that God has set up for him or her. You may have wanted to have a son that's an athlete, but that child may be a a singer. You may have wanted to have a child that is a doctor, but that child may have been meant by God to do something totally different. So you parents have got to make sure that the child you have is the child that you allow to be what God wants him to be or her to be. Now, in doing this, that means that you will have to do some guiding. You will have to expose the child to different things. You will have to pay attention to where that child seems to have strengths. And you will have to be the one to guide that child in that direction. Remember, every child is different. They have different qualities, different personalities, different strengths, different weaknesses. And you need to parent them in a way that suits their needs. You need to parent them according to the way God is heading that child and the direction he, God, wants them to go in. Remember, there's no one size fits all in parenting. And once you parent the child you have, your job will be a lot easier. It's nothing worse than trying to force a child to do something because you think that is what he should do. Trying to force them to be something that they are not. Trying to force them to be or to take on a career that you passed up. Don't do that. Let your child do what he or she is interested in. Above all, I think, no, I know that the important thing is to guide your children according to God's word. Guide yourself according to God's word. Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Teach your child what God wants them to do. And as you're parenting, remember to stay positive. Remember to that you're dealing with precious little kids. And no matter how frustrating it gets, it will end. That phase will end. Philippians 4.8 tells us, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence 
If there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. If you think about the things that God wants you to think about and do the things that he wants you to do, then you will be a positive parent. You will be a parent who is parenting on purpose. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Purposeful Parenting. For more tips on parenting, or if you would like to reach out, please visit me on HarrietRowe.com and follow me on Facebook, Harriet Rowe. That's Harriet with two T's. I look forward to grabbing a cup of tea or coffee with you next week. Feel free to invite a friend. Until then... This is Harriet Rowe reminding you to parent on purpose.